0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Batflips and Maple Dips. As always, uh, my name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin Anderson's about three feet away from me. Uh, Patrick Marsh, way more than that. He's in Nova Scotia joining us via Skype. Uh, Thanks for listening, whether it be on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify... Google Podcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, thanks a bunch, really appreciate it. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, make sure you give us a follow at BFMD Podcasts. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Powdered Dice Tea. If you're not tripling the recipe, you're doing it fucking wrong. Um, I got one today. No 7-Eleven diet or not diet. I would never get diet, but 7-Eleven black cherry soda. I'm off the black cherry soda. don't I had like eight in a week two In one day, they're uh, so good again. I'm telling you, 7 Eleven black cherry soda, the bee's knees. But today, I'm going uh, three times the sugar powdered iced tea. Not even a name brand like that. Are,
1: are you gonna fit into that wedding tux? No,
0: <laughs> I have diabetes. I swear, like, I am sweating a lot lately. I find like in the summer, I always sweat, but I just blame it on my beard. I'm Time like, to hit oh, the it's, gym. well, it's because I have a beard, that's why I sweat so much because I'm, I'm so overheated. No, it's because I drink gross amounts of sugary products and I just sweat it all out. Uh, today on the show we're going to be uh, grading the pitchers because we graded the position players last week. We're going to do the pitchers this week and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, we got some other questions too but uh, first up on the show we're uh, going to be talking to one of our boys, uh, BFMD favorite Chris Henderson. Uh, he Contributes to Jay's Journal. He's also an absolutely fantastic musician. If you haven't already, YouTube his stuff. Uh, Hendo, how's it going, bud?
2: Very good, boys. Very good. Happy to be back chatting with you again.
0: Uh, We're going to kick off this talk with uh, a question that every Jay's fan has been asking themselves, not just the past week, but all season. Uh, Vladdy Jr., has he lived up to expectations for you this year? Were you expecting a little bit more, or is this kind of what you expected?
2: You know, and I think if we're being fair, thinking about a 20 year old, I don't know that any of us should have expected him to be an MVP contender. I-, I will be honest, I did think he would perform a little bit better than he did in the first half, I, you know, just because of the freakish numbers and the poise and everything that he did throughout all the minor league stops. But but I think in the grand scheme of things, he's he's showing growth. And whether it's small or whatever it is, uh, you know, at 20 years old, I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be just fine in the long haul.
1: Agreed. Yeah. So. 2019 season, uh, Jays are 25 games under 500 right now. What's been the highlight of an otherwise disappointing season for you so far?
2: <laughs> oh, the highlight. That's you know that's a good question. I'm not gonna say Vlad in the home run derby, even though that's an easy <laughs> an easy answer, because you know it probably is the highlight. But to, I think. I think what I've enjoyed just being kind of an old school baseball guy is just watching Eric Sogard play out of his mind. Hmm. You know, uh, the guy. Uh, you know, realistically, he signed a minor league deal with uh, with a rebuilding team, so that kind of tells you where his career was at before he started the year. And uh, he's turned himself into a potential trade piece. Which who saw that coming? And and I've I've enjoyed watching him, and and I hope that uh, you know that they can carry this on for a couple more years for his career.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice. Um, on the opposite flip side. With a team who's 25 games under 500, there's obviously been a ton of low moments, but what was the lowest moment of the
2: season for you? Uh, You know what? That's another good question. (laughs) I I think um, I'm going to go back to just when Aaron Sanchez left the mound for the first time. Um, just because I was really hoping, you know, I wrote about it earlier, earlier this year, earlier this calendar year that I thought this rotation had the chance to be, to be a good one this year was Strowman and Shoemaker. And of course, Shoemaker was lost for the year, but Sanchez, I really was, was blindly optimistic that, uh, that he might actually be able to stay healthy. So when he, when he left them out, even though he hasn't hit the injured list at all this year, when he left them out for the first time, it was just like, oh, okay. Cool. Here we go again. That's how it's. That's how it's gonna be. And uh, for me, that was the. That was the first time I think I turned the TV off and I just got angry and quit watching the game this year, which has happened many times <laughs> since. But that was the. Uh, that was the first time I think.
0: <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the movie Office Space? Yeah, you know the part oh, where yeah. uh, Peter Gibbons goes to the psychiatrist and he's talking about how every day is the worst day of his life because it just keeps getting worse <laughs> and worse and worse. That's the Jays, <laughs> but every single time Edwin Jackson pitches. That's the low point. Oh, it's like, oh, Edwin now. Jackson, this is the low point. And then he plays again. It's like, nope, this
2: is another low point oh, right man. here.
1: What about the 19-1 to 1 yeah. Padres game? Yeah,
2: that was bad too yeah, yeah that, that was that was bad and you know what now that you bring up evan jackson i think that brings up another low light of the year when when montoya just said like when they asked is jackson gonna get another start and he said, so well, we have nobody else nobody else <laughs> that, that was like, that was uh that was, that was, that was it was, uh, oh God.
1: man yeah
2: let's uh get away from pitching <laughs> for a bit he actually said it out loud yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: let's get away from pitching for a bit and talk about some positional guys uh bobachette i'm sure you saw the quote from him saying hey look i've done everything the jays have asked me to do like What's going on here? Uh, do you think Boba going to be up before September? And how do you think his debut is going to go compared to our other young guys like Biggio and Vladdy?
2: You know, what? I, I do think he's going to be up before sooner than later. And, and I, I, I kind of laughed. There was an article. I can't remember who wrote it or even where it was published, but um, the article title that I saw earlier today was Sportsnet's trying to make a controversy out of Boba <laughs> and, and I kind of feel like this is, is a lot to do with nothing. I mean, Sure, the guy's you know he's getting impatient. He wants to come up to the big leagues. But looking at the roster and where we're at in the calendar, I mean we're two weeks away from the trade deadline, Uh, and Freddie Galvis and Eric Sogard are probably both going to get traded. Even though they've said they that they might not trade Galvis, I just don't buy that. Um, You know, in my mind, I think Chet's going to be up here at the beginning of August sometime, and. I think everything's going to be just fine. As far as how he's going to do, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of went through a gr- some growing pains like we've seen from Vlad Jr. I think Kevin vigio has been been a pretty awesome exception to the rule, um, and you know, because Danny Jansen struggled and and uh, Lourdes Gurriel struggled, and and so it's going to take some of these time some time for these guys to turn into stars. But I'm really excited to see what Machete can do.
1: Yeah, the the whole turnaround for Jansen and Gurriel has been a, a nice touch. Um, speaking of Lourdes. How shocked have you been by the way he's played in left field? He hasn't made any errors yet, uh, knock on wood here. Um, and his bat has been lights out since he's been recalled. What What's it been like for you watching Lourdes out in left field?
2: You know, I was cautiously, cautiously optimistic when they moved him <laughs> out there because, you know, I, I, we've just seen so many bad outfielders in Toronto in the last number of years defensively. Like I just I immediately come to mind with, Watching guys stumbling out there like Mike, you know Michael Saunders. I don't know why he's the first guy that I'm picking on. I like the Canadian guy, but you know we've had so many bad corner outfielders. So to me, I just thought the guy's a good enough, you know, athlete if they give him a chance out there. My worry was that he wasn't going to hit enough to justify being a corner outfielder, and, and that's obviously turned out to not be the the concern mm-hmm. so far. I think he's he's uh, played better than what we should expect from him. I don't think he's going to be an MVP caliber type of player, but uh, it's great to see that that um, hopefully he's settled in there because it looks like that could be a position that's kind of taken care of for the placebo future.
0: Dare I say Guriel Jr. looks like a Shannon Stewart with a little bit more pop at his bat. Looks a lot like him yeah, out there, I, minus the sure.
2: hair. Sure, and you know what? And the better thing about him even too compared to, to Stewart is that he's got an arm, which, uh, which uh-huh. I love that it's translated. He's got those outs, outfield assists. That was the one thing that always annoyed me about Stewart was was he just had such a noodle arm, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Gurriel, yeah, he does kind of remind me of that. And I, I don't think he's going to be a cleanup hitter. I could see him being the type of guy that's, you know, maybe he is in the top two or something at some point, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see that he's went from a guy that some people were writing off to being somebody who's obviously a part of the future.
0: Gurriel Jr. is like a Chad Pennington, just a, just a noodle arm, a Chad Pennington reference <laughs> on bat flips, maple dips. Just when you thought it was impossible. Uh, we're talking to Chris Henderson, country music extraordinaire, and Jay's Journal contributor, uh, Trent Thornton. Do you think he has a future in our rotation? Like, Do you think we're going to invest a lot in this guy, or has he not shown you enough yet?
2: I think he's going to be a placeholder at the, at the worst. You know, we, we definitely need some arms, especially after you know, if Stroman gets traded or if others get moved eventually. There's, I think he's going to be a guy that feels... Feels a need at the back of the rotation. And I think he'll do that just fine. Um, You know, he's had some great starts this year. He's had some terrible starts. And so you look at his overall numbers and I think they're, they look worse than he's actually been, but I don't think he's going to be a stud. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be at the top of the rotation kind of thing. I'm more excited about guys like Nate Pearson or Ryan Barucki or others that are coming later on as far as homegrown guys. But, but I think Thornton will be a nice placeholder for at least a few years anyway. And a cheap one at that. He's, you know, he's still on a rookie contract.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Baraki, it seems like he should be back here with us by the end of the month. Um, thoughts on him? Like this, this injury was supposed to let him miss one start at the beginning of the regular season, and here we are, halfway through July, and he hasn't pitched yet. Are you kind of optimistic that he'll put together a decent couple of months at the end of the year?
2: I wasn't until he started pitching on his rehab assignment, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's looked great. You know, he he's been uh, as he's moved up throughout the the different runs he's been striking guys out he's had good command he's, he's looked really good and, and uh, that's something i think is encouraging you know i think he pitched a little bit over his head last year as a rookie as well yeah um but but all of a sudden you know all the things all that said i mean he's going to be better than edwin jackson or some of the other guys we've seen strolled out there so I, i'm excited to see what he looks like in year two uh especially with half of half of our season or more already missed and and you're right that was one thing that where I've, sh- uh, I've shaken my head at it from the management a few times, where they've said, you know, he was going to be a little bit delayed. And, you know, it's just like I forgot that Clay Buckles was even on the roster. Oh, yeah, right, right.
1: right. Yeah, we he's, do still he's, have he's... him too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I forgot about Clay yeah.
0: Buckles. That's right. We haven't brought him up forever. <laughs> yeah. I had such high hopes for him being a Clay. And I was like, you know what? This would be kind of cool if he, if he ends up being okay, you know, doing the Clays proud. But he did not do the Clays proud. Yeah. It was... That, was, that did not really work out. What's Classic uh, Jays of the early 2000s, bringing in vets that just don't work out. Looking do. at you, Shea Hillenbrand. <laughs> uh, Ken <laughs> yeah. Giles, when it comes to him, and we're getting to the trade rumor part trade of the uh, podcast here because we've been talking about trades every single episode this season. Um, do you think Ken Giles is going to be healthy enough to get traded? And if so, like, do you think we're going to get a lot for him? Because he's got one more year of arbitration do you think we could get something for Ken Giles or is it going to be one of those no win situations when we trade him?
2: I think he's a guy that can bring back quite a bit. Um, as long as he's healthy, you know, you, you mentioned that. And, and I think he needs to make a few really healthy and productive appearances here in the next week. And if he's able to do that, then I think he's pretty much as good as gone. Cause you know, the need for, for relief help is, is always a constant in baseball. And, and he's performed very, very well since coming over to the Blue Jays. He's had a great year, and he looked good in the second half after he was traded to Toronto last year. So I, you know, the way that uh, some of the pitching, you know, some of the relief pitchers have brought back some packages for their trading team over the last few years, looking, with, you know, what the Yankees got, getting Glaber Torres and and more. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm not necessarily expecting a Torres level prospect, but I think there's a chance that Giles could even bring back the best back uh, package that the Blue Jays could be looking at.
1: Yeah. And, and on that trade note, uh, another guy who has kind of underperformed this year in Justin Smoke, um, his his numbers aren't looking that that great compared to what we've seen from him over the past few few seasons. Um, I mean, we can get into the advanced stats, but, but they, uh, they they show that he's been unlucky. Um, do you think Justin Smoke gets moved to the deadline or the Jays of just ride his contract out and, and watch him ride right off into the sunset?
2: You know, I thought he was for sure going to get moved. Um, you know, just because why not? Yeah, he, I, he's a guy that uh, that I wrote about earlier in the year that I could see the Blue Jays trading him. Uh, you know, this summer and then signing him again next offseason if they decide they want to fill first base again. Um, but you know, I think it's going to depend whether or not they feel like Rowdy Tellez can come up and handle you know first base duties. They're going to have other guys rotate to there and designated hitter, but. But uh, maybe smoke is worth keeping around if they feel like Telez needs to spend the rest of the year in in AAA. But otherwise, you know, I look at it and go, you know, some of the trades that they made over the last few years, you're looking at like even what they got for Liriano. They got Tioscar Hernandez, who Mm -hmm. hasn't worked out phenomenally. But sometimes you can take a risk on a prospect like that. And a guy that might end up being a Rule 5 guy for somebody else in the future. And sometimes it works out. And in my mind, it's worth it. It's uh, better than losing them for nothing especially in a rebuilding year.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it'll be something comparable to what we we got for Aaron Loop with with Jake Wagyu's pack last year, something like that, where it's just kind of one of those medium potential prospects with maybe some shelf life, and we'll see what happens with Wagyu's pack. He looks like he's going to get some starts for us, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Keeping it on the trade side of things, probably the the biggest trade chip the Jays have, besides maybe Ken Giles, Marcus Stroman. Um, He's been in trade rumors for the last seems like two years now um where does he get traded and and does ken giles end up going with him in a package
2: that's second question yeah i guess it all depends on where he ends up um you know there's obviously been rumors with the yankees being oh, yeah. interested and and there are other teams that i've read you know i saw headlines earlier saying that houston was kind of stepping mm-hmm. around and and you know but i ultimately I've, I've said it for a while and i really do think that it's, uh, he's going to end up in atlanta when you look at some of the advanced data or you look at some of the you know GMs love to see six foot six guys in the mound and, and mm-hmm. Stroman's not that. And, and so I, you know, I, I always feel like Alex Anthopoulos is going to be the guy that, that ultimately looks at his value and sees the most potential there. And and the Braves really do have a great little treasure trove of prospects. So I feel like, um, I feel like Stroman's going to like, Anthopoulos was never a guy that broadcast mm-hmm. what he was going to do before he did it. So that's how we, I just feel like he, that Stroman's going to end up there. And in that case, it wouldn't shock me if they ended up with a package, but, uh, We'll see what the Braves are willing to give up. They do yes, have some nice pieces. That's a good point.
0: Do you think we should keep Marcus Stroman though? Like, if you were the GM right now, would you trade Marcus Stroman, or would you try and work out a way to keep him?
2: A month ago, I would have tried to keep. I would have tried to kept him. Um, you know, but now I kind of feel like it's too late. You know, he's basically moved on mentally already, and and you can't. In a way, you can't blame him. I mean, this kind of he hasn't handled it beautifully, but in the same breath, he also. I can understand some of his frustration he's been very vocal about wanting to stay and, and the blue jays clearly have payroll space and, and a need in the rotation so he's probably kind of looking at the situation and going well what why not <laughs> you know what else do i got to do i got a tattoo with the toronto skyline on my gut to wherever it is i can't remember i know he's got some sort of toronto skyline there but yeah but uh you know at this point i feel like uh, the relationships for the bridge is kind of burned for the most parts and, and yeah sure they're you know, he's still on the team and, and nobody's fighting publicly or anything. But uh, it just at this point, it feels like it's time to move on, provided the package that they're getting in return is, is suitable.
0: If there's one episode I wish Marcus Stroman would listen to, it's this one because he just said he had a gut and he'd probably go on Instagram and be like, I ain't got no gut, man. You gotta yeah. believe in yourself and then you won't have a gut, man. You gotta, I'm just over his inspirational <laughs> captions Height on Instagram. Height doesn't measure gut size. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might, actually. Yeah, you're um, probably right. One last question. I,
2: I, I, would, I would do get an awful little kick out of how often he does uh, see stuff that's written about him. <laughs> uh,
0: one last question for you. Um, I kind of have a tinfoil hat when it comes to Atkins and Shapiro. I haven't been quiet about that here on BFMD. Um, Justin and Patrick both think that they're doing a good job. When it comes to Atkins and Shapiro, where do you stand? Like, are you frustrated with them? Do you believe in them, or...?
2: You know that's a good question, I, and I go back and forth on this all the time. But you know, right now I look at the promise of the of the guys that that are in the system, and some of them are not. You know, some of them are anthropophiles guys still. So that that does make me laugh. But uh, I, I do believe in the future of this franchise. Whether or not I'm ready to trust these two guys to to run a ship, I'm not sure. This trade, I've said this a few times. This trade deadline is really going to tell me a lot about whether I think they're they're lucky to have inherited what they have or if they've or if they're going to be smart because sometimes they've done some things that I've just absolutely loved and, and I thought that have been really great that they've created space and opportunity for the young players and they've committed to the rebuild if they are going to go that way but then they do other things where I just shake my head and and I don't understand the number one thing I will say to the topic is I I, I just can't stand Ross At- the way Ross Adams answers the question it just drives me nuts So I guess I kind of pulled to him there where I didn't really sit on either side of the fence. But I'm excited about the future of the team. Uh, But I do question whether these guys are, are the right ones to lead the ship.
0: You'd be a horrible politician, by the way, because you always start out with, like, the right <laughs> tone, and then it's like, ah, you want fuck these guys, you know? Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, live on the show, we
1: have Toronto manager uh, Ross Atkins' impersonator, yeah. Chris Henderson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hendo, it's always so good talking to you. Thanks a bunch for joining us again. Uh, check this guy out on Jay's Journal if you haven't already. Uh, music-wise, what's coming up for you for the rest of the summer?
2: Oh, you know, and uh, it's kind of funny. I've, I've got a bit of a busy summer still, but a, a lot of it's private, you know, corporate functions, which is uh, different. I'm, you know, it's been a slow festival season, but it's uh, but I'm okay with that this year. It's been it's been kind of nice. I've got a new single coming out at the beginning of August, and I've got a new album coming out in October, so it's gonna be a busier back half the year. And uh, I got I need some time to prepare for that too.
0: <laughs> Beauty, bud, Chris Anderson. Thanks for joining us as always. You didn't have to do craven this year either, so you're probably feeling like a million percent.
2: Oh, yeah. You know what? It's been a few years, and I don't miss it. I'll I'll leave it (laughs) at (laughs) that.
0: That's the politician answer right there. there. I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave (laughs) it at that. Uh, Chris Henderson, thanks a bunch for joining us, bud. Really
2: appreciate it. My pleasure, Pills. Anytime. That guy's an
0: absolute gem. Um, Let's see if Patrick's still awake, by the way. Patrick, are you still there with us? Are you still
3: alive? I am still alive, still kicking.
0: So out of all those questions that we asked Hendo, um, what are your thoughts on some of them? Because we kind of put you on the bench for that interview there. Um, anything kind of stick out <laughs> to what he, what he said? or?
3: Um, I have waffled back and forth on the Beau Bichette non-controversy. I just don't know what to make of it. Like, If I was in his position, I would definitely be lobbying for a call-up. But again, the roster is full and he has nowhere to play, so he should probably just be quiet and produce in AAA, which he is. Uh, he had two home runs today, so that's pretty good. That's the,
0: about, that. that's the thing I love about that's the thing I love about Bo, you know? He like backs up his talk.
3: Anything Bo does I love
0: because I have a huge man crush on Bo Bouchette. I love the quote. I loved that he had some balls to so go out and say it. And again, he goes out and hits two dingers <laughs> the next day. Like, I don't know, he's got the flow, he's got the name. He's got the guts to stand this up. He's got to work on his defense, though. I
1: know. <laughs>
0: I know his defense could use some work. But you know what? When when I'm you hit what he hits the way he does, it doesn't really freaking matter. I'm He's... kidding. That
1: was the Vladdy line. Yeah, working on his defense, nah, yeah. which was actually true. But
0: mm. <laughs> all young guys need to work on their uh, defense. Um, since we got to talk about Marcus Stroman and the trade rumors, well, really quickly here, trade rumors, for you. Marcus Stroman.
3: Um, I honestly think it would be best if he went to the NL but part of me thinks that he's gonna go to an organization that has a lot of pitching depth and I think it's gonna be the twins I'm calling my shot now really okay call your shot that's
1: interesting I was gonna say Atlanta until Hendo did but I gotta be different I'm gonna go Brewers
0: you're gonna say Milwaukee Milwaukee okay I honestly don't even know maybe the Rays I don't. know We wouldn't really trade him in the division, though. See, that's the they, thing. Oh, well,
1: they will if the if the price is right. But
0: that's right. If the price is right. I think we trade him in the you division. You think the
1: Rays will make a big deadline splash? I
0: think they might.
1: They usually dump salary at the they, deadline.
0: They do, but they're in it like. They always are. Yeah, and they always, still dump salary. Yeah, that's very very true. But I can I, I just see the Rays for some reason picking him up like, almost like that's Atkins and Shapiro also might not want to trade him. They'd be like, you know what, have fun in Tampa Bay, man. Like, yeah, go there. That's
1: actually kind of funny. Huh? Just like so he
0: li- He lives down there. Yeah. Nah. Miami. <laughs> I'm just—I'm going with an out there pick. I'm going like uh, again. I, like yeah, I could have yeah. gone. I could have gone to these. I'm. You know what? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I, I'm just, I don't know why. They're—they're they're due for a big move. They haven't done a lot. Tampa Bay is so boring. Um, should we get into uh, grading the pitchers? Should we get into anything else? Patrick, anything else you want to chat about?
3: No. Let's get right to the grading, man. I'm excited for this. I worked all week on the <laughs> on the all of the, the numbers here, and I'm ready to rumble.
0: All right, we're going to start with uh, the one big positive when it comes to pitching grades, uh, Marcus Stroman. We were just talking about him with Trade Rumors. How has he actually performed, and what's his trade value at? Uh, Justin, we'll let you grade Marcus Stroman first.
1: Sure. Um, I've talked all year about how Marcus Stroman, or all all two years that we've been doing this podcast, it seems, year and a bit, uh, his ground ball rate's elite. Still Mm is. Still upper 50s uh, in percentage-wise of ground balls. I mean, a lot of his hits that he's given up this year have just been like dribblers or the stupid shift betrays him because shifting is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but his ERA is 3.25. His his FIP is 3.72 and his xFIP is 4.09. The reason that xFIP is high is because his his fly no, fly ball numbers aren't very high. Mm-hmm. So his home run numbers are lower than league average. League average on home run balls on home runs per fly ball is going up this year. I think it's almost around like 15 percent. Whereas I think Xfip actually uses eleven and a half percent to calculate theirs, so there's gonna, be, there's gonna be some changes coming to some of these advanced stats in the next couple of years based on the way the home runs are leaving the yard. But I, I, I got to give Marcus, oh man, it's it's gotta be an A minus for me. Um, I'm giving him the A minus. It would be an A or an A plus, but his attitude stinks. Hmm. So A minus.
0: He's not a good teammate. Patrick, what are you giving Marcus Stroman?
3: I'm giving Marcus Stroman an A because he is doing a lot of things this year better than he ever has. Like Justin said, his ERA is uh, down from his career average. Uh, He's limiting batters to a lower batting average uh, than his career average. His whip is down from his career average. Um, He's walking slightly more, and he's striking out slightly less, Um, and and his – FIP is a little bit higher than what it normally is, uh, and his ex-FIP is higher, but again, like Justin just explained, some of these advanced statistics are, they, the way that we judge them is going to be different. Uh, in my opinion, Stroman has been our most valuable player, um, if not overall, at least as far as pitching goes. Um, that being said, I don't believe that he warrants a massive extension that he he thinks he does, Uh, And I think it's more important for the Jays to try to recoup value in him and gather prospects whose age and control matches uh, the time frame of the younger stars because Strowman is a few years older than some of the players we have coming up, like Biggio, Guriel, etc. And it just makes sense for us to uh, get some kind of younger prospect, develop them, and then have them come up at the same time as these other guys, Most of them it's right now, but, you know, we saw what happened with Chris Archer last year when he got dealt to the Pirates, uh, the the Rays got a King's Ransom for him. I I really do believe that somebody is going to pay a King's Ransom for Marcus Stroman, and, you know, good for them for acquiring an elite pitcher, and I hope it's good for us that we're going to be acquiring some prospects to kind of reload once all of our other guys come up. And hopefully it's pitching.
0: I love your grade on him. It would be an A, but his attitude isn't good. It's like a substitute gym teacher or like any teacher at parent-teacher interviews. (laughs) He distracts others, and sometimes he loses focus. But other than that, he's pretty good. He
1: is a distracting figure.
0: Very much so. Again, (laughs) his captions on Instagram. Fucking over it. Uh, like
1: yeah, I don't even follow him. You're anymore.
0: not a grade eleven Ever girl. Since man.
1: he what? cut his dog's ears off, I don't follow him on Instagram.
0: Anymore. Really? Yeah, that really hit hard for you guys. I I still follow him just because he plays to the Jays. Once he gets I traded, him, we still follow him
1: on Twitter with the podcast account. Yeah, Personally, Unfollow
0: I as I, soon as he gets traded though, because I don't have to see any of that stuff. That's really fair, actually. Um, next up on the grading scale, Aaron <laughs> Sanchez. Uh just to give you a quick review here, Aaron Sanchez's ERA is at six twenty two, his walks per nines at five thirty eight, his X VIP also at five thirty eight. So I wonder what his grades are going to be here. Um, I'm giving him an F. Patrick?
3: F. This is a career-destroying season for Sanchez. Uh, This is 97 innings of the worst ball that he has ever thrown. Every stat that matters, except for Ks over 9, is way, way worse uh, than his career average. And he just can't be trusted to be a starter. This season should destroy his credibility when it comes to being a starter, and it should destroy any possibility of getting a large extension, whether it's from the Jays or not. Uh, The best move for his career, if he wants to continue to have one, is to start with a short-term goal of going into the bullpen and having a Joe Biagini-level renaissance where he can work smaller innings, Um, he, his lack of control won't be exposed. He can focus on just getting one or two strikeouts and maybe gets lucky with a ground ball and then just gets out of the game as quick as he can, because whatever he's doing right now, I don't know if it's his workout regimen, working with a pitching coach, whatever, it's not working. The only positive we can say is that he's striking out slightly more, um, but other than that, this is, a, this is a Ricky Romero level of destruction we're watching again, and it's, it's tragic. It's Shakespearean. F. F for a second
0: time. F. <laughs> F's all around. Patrick said everything I needed to Round say. Round <laughs> the horn with the F's here. Uh, here's an interesting one. Trent Thornton. Yeah. Justin, how are you going to rate Trent Thornton?
1: Honestly, a C. C for me. He's been perfectly just vanilla, so to speak. He's done what he's been asked to do. He's been healthy. He's thrown 96 innings. If you would have told me last year when we when we acquired Trent Thornton that he was going to be pitching for us now all season, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but, I mean, he's had a couple of rough outings. He didn't look great against Boston, uh, but that's still Boston. His strikeout numbers are great. His walk numbers aren't bad. Um, his opponent's batting average isn't great, and neither is his whip. But that's just because he gives up a ton of hits. Uh, but, I mean, he's he's done his job. He's we're almost 100 innings for us. We needed arms this year, especially after Matt Shoemaker went down. I kind of thought that Trent Thornton was going to be that placeholder until Clay Buckles joined. <clears throat> but after Shoemaker got hurt, he was forced to stay in, and obviously Buckles got hurt again too. So, I mean, this guy's done what he's at, been asked to do. I'm going to give him a C.
0: C's get degrees, man. C's, C's do. Get D's degrees. get degrees, baby. D's get degrees?
1: Hell yeah, they do. It's a pass.
0: Man. <laughs> Our education system is broken. Um, Patrick, what are you giving Trent Thornton?
3: I'm giving Trent a C minus because I'm not going to let him off the hook as far as some of his performances. Um, I don't think it's fair that he has been thrown to the wolves <laughs> uh, five times so far in his rookie campaign, the Yankees and the Red Sox. And... Every single game that he has played against them has resulted in uh, either a no decision or a loss, if I'm not mistaken. Um, If you take away those five performances, his season has been a lot better, but we can't ignore the fact that you have to be able to compete against the Red Sox and Yankees in this division. They're not going to go away. We can't just assume that they're all going to be losses for us, and we'll have to recoup the losses somewhere else. It just doesn't work that way. His K over nine is excellent. He's striking out 9.22 batters per nine innings. That's great, especially for a rookie who was a raw talent who wasn't expected to come in and do that. That is exceeding expectations, and that saves him from getting a D. Um, Justin kind of said a lot of it already as far as him kind of being the replacement for Matt Shoemaker, but... uh, You know, maybe in a different timeline, Thornton gets uh, one last year of AAA experience before getting a a August or September call up, or maybe even a July call up, uh, and doesn't get the crap kicked out of him as much. Um, His walks per nine innings is slightly better than some of our other starters, and it's still 3.9, which is not what you want your starter to be to be doing. So, I'm just giving him a C minus and say like. You know, I, I don't blame him for his struggles, but he definitely <laughs> he definitely needs some work.
0: Next up, another vanilla guy, Sam Gaviglio. He's basically Trent Thornton, but with a winning record and way better numbers. So he's not like Trent Thornton at all, I guess. Um, Justin, what are you giving Sam Gaviglio? I'm giving him a C+. You know what? B-minus, because his walks per nine and his XFIP, not bad. I'm giving him a B-minus.
1: As far as long relief guys go, which he was kind of at the start of the year, he's kind of transitioned into that middle relief role. After he, he was overworked at the start of the year for sure. Um, and it caught up to him for a bit. He he still looks pretty sharp. He gives up some hits, but he doesn't put guys on base via the walk, which is always nice in the bullpen. Um, Got to give Sammy G a C plus. He's he's done more than we would have expected of him numbers wise, moving him to the bullpen. And it's it's definitely something like a, like the Joe Biagini thing where moving him to the bullpen seems to be the right spot for him.
0: He's a Joe Biagini kind of guy, basically.
1: Yeah, it was the same sort of story where they, they tried to start him, mm-hmm. it didn't really work out, put him in the bullpen and then he's done enough to be a major league relief pitcher.
0: Patrick, <laughs> what are you giving Sammy G?
3: I'm giving him a C. Um it was hard to kind of analyze uh, some of his more advanced statistics when it came to like his performance but uh, his walks are down his strikeouts are up his FIP is up or, or not up but uh, down his xFIP fip is down he's giving up less hits he's walking less a 1.12 whip is really good it's very weird when you look at the back half of his numbers as we have them sort of set up on our our sheet here today um, you would think that, you know, this isn't a bad pitcher, uh, but he gets crucified when it comes to home runs. He gives up home runs. Like he tosses way too many muffins. And um, he was actually having an excellent season until like Justin said, he got burnt out and he really hasn't recovered. In his last 15 appearances, he's pitched 29 innings. His ERA in that 29 innings is 7.45. That is really bad, and it's very indicative of just how burnt out and worn out Sam Gaviglio was. Nobody expected him to pitch this many innings at this point in the year, and he's probably going to pitch some more, and he's probably going to struggle more just because he's he's likely exhausted. You don't just start in A and then magically have to pitch that many innings. The same thing's happening to Trent Thornton. Where th- these are heavy, heavy innings that these guys are throwing, and they're just kids. Sam, Sam, Gaviglio is a bit older, he's 28. Um, but he's been great at limiting walks. Uh, the uptick in his K rate's great. I think he will stick around, uh, next year as someone in the bullpen. And I, a spicy prediction here is that he's going to be better next year than he was this year.
0: Next up on the list, Clayton Richard. Letting the Claytons down, bud. Letting the Claytons down. He's 1 in 5. His ERA is basically 6. Walks per 9 is basically 3.5. Ks per 9 is only 4.3. His XFIP's 5.3. I'm giving Clayton Richard a naff because he's letting the Clayton name down. How dare you, sir? He's averaging
1: less than five innings a start as a starting pitcher. Which is gross. Which is not gross. He's gotten 10 games, and he's worked 45 in a third inning. So he's averaging about four and a half innings per start. Gross. 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 He's throwing a ton of pitches. Gross. He's getting hit around. Gross. He's got more hits loud than he does innings pitched. Very gross. Very gross. So And four more strikeouts than walks. Ugh. He's, he's struck out 22 guys in 45 innings.
0: This guy's a banana slurpee. He's gross. He
1: is less than ideal, He's getting an F from me, too. When we got this guy, he was going to be an innings eater, and he hasn't eaten any innings for us. This is why Sam Gaviglio's stats are sucking, because he's had to clean up for Clayton Richard so many
0: times. <laughs> he's done a good job, though. He's like um, the butler
1: who just has to clean up after this guy. He just comes home, throws a party, and then passes
0: out for the whole day. He's Wilfred, basically. Um, Fs all around, Patrick, or are you giving him something
3: else? No. No, I'm going to give him the absolute minimum, like, one point above an F. Because, I again, a lot was expected of him at, when he finally came back. And he was hurt. And you're, he's 36 years old. And the, the, the body is made out of hamburger meat. It's going to fall apart eventually. And this is it. This is what we're seeing. This is the end of Clayton Richards' career, which sucks because he actually, if you look at his last year numbers, if we had those numbers this year, that would be okay. Um, he's generating a lot of ground balls, but he's given up way too many (laughs) double-decker home runs or upper-deck home runs. Um, Any other team would DFM instantly because you just can't have this type of performance, but we need somebody, and it's either him or Edwin Jackson, and, you know, as shitty as that 5.96 ERA is, it's lower than 11.
0: (laughs) Next up, we got Joe Biagini, who kind of tough to, not tough to grade him, but it's like, what do you grade him? He's just, he can be anything, really, because you think of Joe Biagini, you think usually bad stuff, but he's actually turned things around a little bit this year. He hasn't been pitching a crazy amount, like Last two seasons, he pitched a lot for the Jays. This series definitely not pitched as much as he used to, but his ERA is a respectable three point eight nine. His WHIP's one point three nine, and his K's per nines almost at nine, which is yeah, great.
1: It's a good bullpen. Gotta it.
0: give Joe a B. Just I was gonna give him a B minus or a C plus, but I just like the way he's rebounded, so I'm giving him a B because I'm a nice guy. Patrick,
3: I'm giving him a B minus because, like you said, uh, a lot of his numbers are are on the uptick, ERA, Ks per nine, XFIP. He's limiting batters to less hits, and his whip is down, and all these are great things. Um, the one thing, again, like, he gives up way too many walks. We, we've said this about every pitcher on our roster, and I'm going to continue to hammer it in. Um, I was ready to cast Joe V Genie into the fires of Mount Doom, like the ring. <laughs> at the uh, end of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, but at this point, he's actually turning into a serviceable reliever amidst an absolute cacophony of crap that we have in the bullpen. So B minus. Good job, Joe.
1: I think to B be for me. Bullpen Joe is best Joe. Um, I think he's got... <laughs> he's going to have a good second half. His home runs per fly ball percentage is pretty high above league average. So I think that's going to regress a little bit. I like to see him have a great second half. He gets the ground ball on the ground about fifty percent of the time, so I think everything's going to even out. He's probably going to finish the year around the same ERA as he has now, so like slightly below four. His xFIP lines up right at 4.0, so he's he's pitching on right along the lines of the of the, the best projection systems. So yeah, giving him the B.
0: On to Daniel Hudson, another guy that you could really kind of give any grade. He's overperformed for sure. Like we didn't think Daniel Hudson was going to be pitching as good as he is. His case per 9 is at 9. His batting average is only 217 Like against him. That's really, really good. 2.85 ERA, but yeah, he is walking a lot of guys. So it's another guy who has a lot of positives but also a lot of negatives. So where are you leaning with Daniel Hudson?
1: Um, Yeah, like you said, the the strikeouts are great and that's the reason why his ERA is at 2.85 is because when he's walking these guys, he's striking them out. Um, He's walking like a half A batter every half inning he pitches, essentially. Um, So it's it's tough for him to keep that ERA down over the course of a year because things tend to even out. For relief pitchers, a lot of times you'll see them beat their projections like this. Same with Joe Biagini. He'll probably have that ERA under his Mm ex-FIP. But Daniel Hudson's ERA is nearly half of what his ex-FIP is. And that's really because he's been able to strike out guys after he puts them on base. Even yeah. in that game last night against Boston, he he had two base runners on the bottom of the ninth before they finished before he finally finished it off. So that's not a recipe for success long term. Um, lucky for him, it hasn't really killed him. Too, it, it, when he's had bad outings, he's had bad outings. Uh, they've been kind of few and far between, but it seems like he always has a base runner on mm-hmm. when he's in the game. So. He's an interesting guy that that teams might look at as a trade candidate just because of the strikeout numbers. They can use him in middle relief, low leverage. He has some experience at the back end of the bullpen, so in the event of an injury down the stretch, he could be a guy to come in and get strikeouts.
0: Patrick, what are you giving uh, Daniel Hudson here? yeah, B-plus, by the way. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah, we should probably say what grade it is. It is the grading segment, after all. Uh, What's your grade, Patrick?
3: I I gave him a B-plus because, I mean even though his numbers are extremely uh, deceptive and it's hard to judge a reliever because Daniel Hudson doesn't always go into the highest pressure situations. Uh, I mean, he's striking up more guys. His ERA is way down from his career. Same with his average as far as career expectations or career average. It's weird, but Daniel Hudson is our second most effective reliever. And, it's weird to say that because, again, if you look at FIP and ex-FIP, he shouldn't be doing this, um, but he is. So are we going to punish him for <laughs> for just getting lucky, I guess? I don't think it's fair. He's a walk machine, like Justin said. Um, it's worth noting that his BABIP is down 40 points mm-hmm. from his career average, which might tell you a little bit about why he's having success this year. Um, don't ask me to explain that; it's too. <laughs> I suck at trying to explain what BABIP is, but um, maybe Justin can do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall B plus. He's uh, he, he'll get us more than what he should get us uh, when we trade him.
0: Thomas Panone is up next. I'm just gonna assume f's all around or i know i'm giving him an f thomas penone's been really underwhelming this year his era is six and his case per nine's high but again he hasn't he hasn't really proved too much he also walks everybody so uh i'm giving him an f justin we should have,
1: we should have queued up a sad train noise from thomas the tank engine because <laughs> the thomas penone hype train is un thomas like he's very very sad right now it,
0: it's done uh patrick are you giving him an f too
3: Yeah, I have to. He's been absolutely dreadful. Uh, I wouldn't say that it is like career defining or career ending because he's still very young and he still had a great performance uh, last year that warranted uh, him an opportunity uh, to start in the rotation this year. But But that didn't work out and we need bullpen arms and he has been shit in the bullpen. (laughs) He might be a reverse Joe Biagini where maybe he does pitch better when he's a starter instead. I don't know. Uh, He's effective at striking guys out. Nobody can deny it. It's there in the, the numbers. The problem is that he gives up way too many hits and way too many walks. And that's why all of his numbers look shitty um that and he is just not a great pitcher. Uh I'm hoping that he'll be able to turn it around but he's young. Maybe some protected innings or maybe some spot starts at the end of the year give him a chance to rebuild his confidence and it's all about 2020 for Thomas Panone at this point. The train's been derailed but you know like all trains that get derailed so eventually someone comes to pick up the pieces and either puts it back on the track or takes it to the scrapyard and melts it down. And I don't know what, I don't know where this metaphor is going.
0: (laughs) That metaphor went off the rails. Hey, Oh, get it? Trains. Cause the metaphor and Uh, the rails. You know what? Fuck you guys. That was gold. Um, Tim Mays is up next. I'm giving him a C because his win loss record is zero and zero, and that really, really bothers me when I see pitchers that have that deep in the air. So Tim Mazer's getting a C from me. Justin what are you giving Tim Mazer?
1: C plus the strikeout numbers are great. The walk numbers are not great, but c plus.
0: Patrick?
3: I'm giving him a b minus. He's actually had a better season than what you think. He has had two performances that have <laughs> destroyed. His ERA, um, it was April 14th against Tampa. He gave up three runs in 0.1 innings pitched, which I think translates to nine runs per inning, which translates to 81, an ERA of 81. Yes. Uh, and then he gave up four runs against Houston June 14th in uh, 0.1 innings pitched. Uh, his ERA actually drops to 3.33 if those two appearances never happened. So taking that into account... Uh, When you really think about it, he's actually had a better season. Uh, It's just the numbers are all frigged up because he's had two absolutely abominable appearances. His Ks per nine are 10.69, which is among the highest uh, on our team uh, among pitchers. And um, I I think he's going to stick around for a while because he's actually starting to develop into a more effective reliever. I think I'd like to see him more down the stretch. I'd like to see him crack 60 innings pitched uh, before all is said and done. He probably won't hit that. But, I mean, I I think we'll see the numbers go down. His FIP is 4.07, and his ex-FIP is 3.93. That's pretty good. And he's good at limiting uh, batters, uh, giving them only uh, 213 to work with. Uh, And he's a walk machine, and that's a problem, too. So, like... I don't know. There's like good, good stuff and bad stuff. But like again, again, if you take away those two bad appearances, the numbers would be way better, and we would definitely be giving them a higher grade. But that being said, those shitty start uh, or appearances still happen, so B minus.
0: For Ken Giles, dare I say? A pluses all around instead of the old classic Fs all around. I mean, Fs around the horn. Yeah, I you, mean,
1: you look at our sheet here, and Patrick's highlighted numbers there that they're performing better than their career numbers in green, and there is only green on Ken Giles's report. So
0: he's killing yep. it. He's been, Dare I say, like, he's top three closers in the league. In the
1: American league, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But top five overall would top I five overall. I'd say top three overall. He looks great. And again, if he had more chances to save games, yeah. he'd have more of an opportunity to showcase lot, how been good very he is. Good. Because we don't win ever, so he doesn't really get to pitch a lot. But yeah. when he does, I mean, his case per nine is fifteen point three nine. That's that's really good. Like as a closer, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. I, I'm giving him an A plus.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't make an argument against giving him an A I mean, his whip is right at one. Any pitcher who's like under like one point three whip. Is great. But for a bullpen guy to only allow one base runner per nine innings, pretty good. On a walker a hit. Doesn't include, I guess, errors, but it's great. He's gonna be traded and he's gonna bring back something mm-hmm.
0: great. He's gonna end up giving us something by being so good, even though we're gonna trade him. Um Patrick, yeah. A plus is across the board or what?
3: Yeah, definitely an A plus. The thing that I was thinking about uh today was why do we have to trade him i understand that he's 28 so he's a little bit older um he's not a free agent until 2021 but considering how well he's meshed within toronto and how he's finally getting along with a manager he's not punching himself in the face anymore um and he's been elite uh maybe top five in mlb I don't understand why we have to trade him. I mean, it's going to be hard enough for us to try to find a replacement for Ken Giles who was a replacement for Roberto Osuna, like I I just don't I don't quite understand why we would do that knowing that we need a closer and this guy is as good as it's going to get.
0: Um, Derek Law is up next, basically the anti-Ken Giles. Um, he, again, has a high K per nine, but his ERA is almost at seven. Um, Derek Law, I, I haven't seen enough from him to really give him a grade, but it's the grading segment, so we have to D. Because apparently D's get degrees, and he still gets a law degree. You know what, guys? Give me some pity laughs for these, okay? <laughs> for sakes. Come on, a no. couple pity laughs. Jeez. I just
1: gave you some laughs. That was, uh, That was. I like that one better. Even than on the, pity uh, laugh
0: standards, that was pretty pathetic. I like
1: the. I like the, the that one better than the off the rails one.
0: The off the rails one was way better. The off the rails one at least made sense. The yeah, law this one. Was,
1: this was a name. A name
0: pun. Yeah, but you don't give degrees to baseball players and the pros. Like it made zero sense from a joke got an honorary standpoint. honorary athletics degree i guess so yeah d derek law gets a d for me justin
1: d plus you would the same grade i would have given kevin pilar had he still played on the blue chase roster
4: cool
3: (laughs) patrick d minus he could strike guys out but he's a walk machine uh he gives up way too many hits uh he's just not a good pitcher anymore um He's out of options, so if we're done with him, he'll get DFA'd. So, I mean, can you imagine, though, if Derek Law goes the rest of the season and pitches, like, absolutely elite, and his ERA is still probably going to be chugging around four or five? He's just done so much damage to his career in those 30 innings. I don't know what's going to happen to him, but... um, we wouldn't get anything to trade for him, so he's probably here to stay.
0: Uh, Matt Shoemaker's on this list, even though he's been hurt most of the year. He did go 3-0 and at the start. He had a 1.57 ERA. Um, it was looking good for Matt Shoemaker. Then he blew out his knee. I'm not giving him a grade Me because, either. yeah, I can't, I can't give him a grade because it's not fair. I mean, what could have been with Matt Shoemaker? I mean, obviously we wouldn't be in a playoff spot if he was still healthy. It's we'll not one of those year. kind of big injuries, but maybe next year we
3: can give him a grade. Are you going to give him something, though, Patrick, or no? I am. I'm going to give him a provisional grade of an A. Obviously, uh, I agree with you guys. It should be incomplete. But based on what we saw, uh, I think he deserves an A. He was very effective at limiting hitters. His whip was 0.87 in those uh, 28.2 innings before he got hurt. Uh, ERA of 1.57. Those are elite numbers. I would have been really interested to see how he performed the rest of the year pitching alongside Stroman. Uh, if you put Shoemaker in and you take out the poo-poo platter of guys that we've had, you know, throwing absolute muffins that are getting hit 400 feet, um, you know, hindsight is 2020, 20, but I, I just think that Shoemaker would have been, I, I think he would have been an all-star this year, uh, just based on what we saw those 28 innings, but Who knows? We'll never know. And hopefully next year he continues to have some kind of renaissance.
0: Uh, We saved the best for last. Two guys left, both just awesome. Um, Edwin Jackson, oh, I'm, not not on the, on well, I'm not even Why gonna
1: ask. He's not on their roster. I'm not even gonna ask. He's already
0: gone, but F's all around. Oh,
1: yeah. Let's not even bother talking. He doesn't I don't want to talk about Edwin. I Jackson don't either. Anymore F's, on this for, show. F's
0: around the horn. F's around the horn for Edwin Jackson. It, it's we've been beating a dead horse here. Yeah,
1: let's not even talk about him. He's Elvis
0: Luciano, another awesome, yeah.
1: This this <laughs> this kid, like what do we expect though? He's what is he, nineteen? Yeah first first player in yeah. the 2000s to pitch to like play in the big leagues first player born in the 2000s sorry mm-hmm. pitch in the big leagues like this kid's just he's just way too young um after the season like, he's on the aisle right now whether or not he's actually hurt or not who knows um, hurt feelings perhaps uh, but yeah like he's walking more guys per innings and he's striking out so like let's just move on from him we'll put him in the minors next year where he can actually develop and hopefully we can turn him back into a starting pitcher the way he was being groomed with the Royals.
0: Mm-hmm. Luciano, what do you think of him there, Patrick? you giving him a grade?
3: F. Uh, he doesn't really deserve it, but he's just been like dog poop. I'm going to give him an uh, A just for trying. <laughs> yeah, he gets an A for trying, A for effort, but uh, an F for execution. His whip is 2.02. 02. I mean, if he wasn't a Rule 5, he would have been buried in single A ball, probably. But we did what we did because we wanted to try this little experiment. And obviously, Shapiro and I can see something in him in the long term, and they are willing to get, have him go get shelled repeatedly uh, for an entire year. I don't know what the F they were thinking. But, I mean, he's with us now. There's We can't do anything. Um if we get rid of him we get nothing for him isn't that right? If we
1: Yeah, we he he would be sent back to the royals for some cash. They give us some cash back, but that'd be it.
3: Yeah, like we're, there's no point in doing that uh especially since they've already given him 27 innings of work and you know maybe when he comes back from injury, he'll work, you know, one or two innings a week. Maybe, I don't know, but you know, batters are were, were hitting them we're hitting 400 against him uh, <laughs> uh, in uh, the month of May. It was brutal.
0: On that high note. Uh, that's it, that's all for another episode of Batflips and Maple Dips. We always end on the highest of notes, never depressing at all. It's always just... I love how we start the episodes by being like, you know what, we're going to try and stay positive because it's been a tough year, and that lasts about seven minutes, and then it just goes well off the rails.
1: We did acquire a, a relief pitcher from the Mets for cash today. That's
0: Sweet, a super cool. Wilmer Font,
1: never heard of him. Wow,
0: if he plays for the Mets, he must be super awesome because hey, that team is loaded. Pete Alonso
1: plays for the Mets. You no,
0: know, good for Pete Alonso. Awesome. Great for him.
1: Let's see. Wilmer Font. I'm going to look him up. He is 29 years old. Oh, good. <laughs> his ERA this season is a solid
4: 5.2.
0: I'm looking forward to some good times New Roman with him.
1: He's played on two teams so far this year.
0: Anyone Times New Roman? His last name's Font. Yeah. Anyone? Clayton, really? you're just... That was good. That was really good. That was a smart I'm more of a, one. more of a Comic Sans kind of guy. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> put Comic Sans into a pun. What are you going to say? Oh, he reads a lot of Comic Sans? No. Come on. Times New Roman was a good one. You know what? That is the high note that we're ending on. That wasn't a low note. That was a high note. I don't care what you guys freaking say. I'm over this. Um, if anyone's
1: still listening after the Chris Henderson interview, that's Clayton making bad puns.
0: Yeah. They were awesome. They, weren't, they were bad, but bad puns are sometimes funnier because they're so bad that they're funny.
1: You might get a pity laugh out of somebody in the good. audience.
0: I bet you all get a couple. That it one won't. guy who said, my voice is beautiful on one of our reviews, he probably loved it. Maybe it was
3: a girl. Yeah, it, a girl. it was probably you who posted that, Clayton. So uh,
0: I don't know how to leave reviews on iTunes because I'm not that good at the internet. So, <laughs> no, it couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, make sure you give us a follow. Uh, If you're listening on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Stitcher TuneIn, appreciate it. Uh, For Justin and Patrick, my name's Clayton. Another shout-out to Chris Henderson for uh, joining us on the show. He's always a gem. We'll try and get him on again, because he's so good. Uh, We're going to end with a song from him, because not only is he a Jay's Journal contributor, uh, he's also a very, very talented musician. I've seen him perform tons of times. Um, This is his song, Till It's Just a Memory. Uh, Till next time, my name's Clayton. Have a good one.